Are you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day, and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark. In our previous two episodes, number 23 and 24, we introduced the NLP technique of well-formedness conditions, which adds the final layer to the journey of building our successful life by ensuring our goals are robust and ready to go. When we apply the well-formedness conditions to our goal, we're doing our final check to confirm both the absolute alignment and resilience of our goals. We've so far looked closely at the first two steps, stating our goal in the positive and having the goal self-initiated and self-maintained. This week, we take a deeper dive into the step number three, having a sensory-based description of the outcome and the steps to get there. I trust that as we work through this podcast series on setting and achieving awesome goals and we process layer by layer, we gain even more clarity on what it is we actually do want to have. When we've used the first of the five success principles, knowing our outcome and the keys to an achievable outcome, as well as now adding in the well-formedness conditions, we get an even greater understanding on what needs to be done, the targeted actions to achieve the outcome we want, and also who we need to be to deliver on those actions and get the results. The next step in the well-formedness conditions is all about providing the detail around our goal. So why do we want to specify our outcome in detail? Well, Firstly, because the more detail we include, the more real our goal becomes. Especially when we understand the role our unconscious mind plays in achieving our goals. Our unconscious mind loves sensory specific detail. The more specific we get about what we will see, hear, feel, maybe even smell and taste, the more our unconscious mind will connect and engage with our goal. And the other side of this coin is that the less sensory-specific detail we provide in constructing our goal, the easier it is for our unconscious mind to disengage, lose interest, and forget about or perhaps even actually sabotage our ambitions. If our goal is really abstract and vague, then it can be really difficult to maintain our motivation to really go for it. Our unconscious mind loves to service. And this means our attention and focus will absolutely shift to taking the easiest path, the path of least resistance, 
the most comfortable option if we let it. So the lesson for us with this step is to give our unconscious mind a goal that is clearly specified with great sensory detail that is attractive to both our conscious and our unconscious minds. And so we'll eliminate any temptation to stay comfortable, take it easy and give up on the goal. By now I suspect you're noticing that this step in the well-formedness conditions, having a sensory-based description of the outcome and the steps to get there, clearly illustrates to us not only the benefit of expressing and writing down our goals, but that it is the kind of detail that we use when we do define our goals that's absolutely vital to maximizing our success. Another benefit of defining our goal with rich and specific sensory-based detail is because now we have a huge contrast between our desired outcome and our present situation. And because we've already done our job here and been really specific about the present situation in relation to our goal, it means we're now emphasizing the difference between where we are and where we will be when we do achieve it. This stark contrast makes it even more attractive for our unconscious mind to take us on the path from point A to point B. Because when we can clearly see the benefits of achieving our goal, then we feel really inspired and motivated to get going with it. So as you can hear, the type of detail we include in our goal definition is critical. The specific detail must be sensory-based. And this means we want to describe our goal in terms of what we can see, what we can hear, and what we can feel. We can also describe what we can smell and taste, especially if we're describing the celebration dinner we're having after having achieved our goal successfully. A sensory-based description works a treat for our unconscious mind for a couple of reasons. Firstly, One part of the process of how we build our version of reality or our map of the world is by interpreting information in the environment through our senses. There's no other way we can take information in. So our unconscious mind is an expert at using our senses to interpret and respond to our world. When we create a sensory-based description of our goal, our unconscious mind thinks, I get it. Now I know what to do, and focuses on this description. Also, the unconscious mind doesn't think of time the way our conscious mind does. Our conscious mind thinks in terms of past, present, and future. But for our unconscious mind, there's kind of no distinction. So when we describe our goal in terms of our senses and in the present, our unconscious mind just starts to behave as if we've already achieved the goal or as as if we can already achieve the goal. For example, if we had a goal of being really healthy and we describe that goal in a sensory-based way, our unconscious mind will start to act as if we are already really healthy. A great example of this is when we remember the Australian athlete, Kathy Freeman, who won the gold medal in the 400 metres at the 2000 Sydney Olympics. Freeman talks about how she had described her goal of winning the race in such detail and clarity, what she would see, hear and feel 
as she crossed that finish line first. Her belief was that it was already her race to win and all she had to do was follow the plan and wait for time to catch up. And speaking of the plan, it's important that we also define in sensory detail the steps required for us to reach our goal. Just think of Kathy Freeman again. She had her training all mapped out. She knew how far and fast she needed to be running each week of her preparation. She knew what food, nutrition and rest was required, as well as all the other things that go into making an Olympic athlete, an Olympic gold medalist, no less. In fact, for Kathy, there was a momentary dilemma when she was asked to light the Olympic flame. Such a rare opportunity and one that also enabled her to honour the First Nation people of our country. But lighting the flame wasn't in her plan. Fortunately for us all, who had the joy of witnessing Kathy's Sydney Olympic performance, she was able to use her behavioural flexibility and succeeded in achieving both outcomes. The purpose of defining the steps using sensory-specific details is because we're creating a bridge for our unconscious mind, moving from our present reality to the realisation of our goal. In combining the sensory-based description of our goal with the descriptions of our steps, we're laying down the path, our instructions, which is especially important to our unconscious mind because it means that we will now notice and focus on what steps to take along the way of achieving our goal. So let's get into it, shall we? How exactly do we create a sensory-based description of our goals and the steps to get there? Firstly, we want to specify the outcome as if it's happening now in present tense. And we want to use visual, auditory and kinesthetic, which is feeling language, to enrich and fully bring our goal to life. Let's take a goal about comfortably fitting into a size 10 pair of jeans. Create a picture of that future clearly, including details such as where you are. Now, as you watch yourself in that picture, what can you see? What colours are there? Objects? Light? What's the lighting like? Is it big or small? What's the direction that you're looking at it from? Describe all the things you can see. Then add in what you can hear. Background noises, traffic, music, any external noises that you can hear. Now notice what you can feel, as in touch. We're not talking here about internal emotions. So things like the smooth texture of the denim, the cool temperature of the floorboards under your feet, the movement of your body as your weight shifts from one side to the other while you're turning around. Maybe you can feel your eyes blinking or the weight of earrings on your earlobes or the smooth surface of the polished timber under your feet. The physical sensations you can identify with your sense of touch. That's what we're talking about here. Then move on to your sense of smell. Can you smell a fragrance, such as the smell of the shampoo you used to wash your hair this morning? Or the smell of onions cooking on a barbecue outside? Then move on to taste. Can you still taste the apple you ate earlier? Write down what your sense of taste can taste. Is it bitter, sweet? 
And then you can add what you're saying to yourself and how does it feel internally, the emotional response you have, knowing that you have finally achieved your goal. I think you're getting the idea, right? You can write down what is the weather like outside? Who's with you? What are people saying? What are you wearing? We could say something like, it's my 40th birthday and I'm standing in my bedroom in front of the full-length mirror on the wardrobe door. I have on my size 10 blue denim skinny jeans and I see myself in the mirror. I can see the shape of my body accentuated by the jeans which hug my hips. I can see the pockets are flat and I can see the five belt tabs around the top of the jeans. I can also see the brownish metallic button with the jeans brand logo stamped into the metal sitting flat above the zip. I can feel the brand as I touch the button and whilst I turn I can feel my body weight shifting from one leg to the other as I look in the mirror and say to myself, looking fabulous. It's my 40th birthday party in our backyard and I can still feel the warmth of the sun on my skin. I can hear my friends and family chatting outside as I smell the cooking beginning on the barbecue. I remember the hugs and well wishes they gave me as they arrived and can still hear them saying to me, you look great. I know that I look and feel the best I have in years. As you can see, there's quite a bit of detail in this description. And one of the questions to keep asking yourself when you're working through this is what other details can you add to make this amazing future even more real for you? Many people also like to capture the sensory-specific information on a vision board with pictures, symbols, words and objects that make the goal even more real. Now, notice how attractive this goal is. Compare it to a goal such as, I want to lose five kilos before my birthday. I certainly know which one I'd be more excited and motivated by, which means I'd also be more focused on achieving it. Now, as a coach, I can tell you it is at this point some people can get a little bit too wrapped up in whether they're actually going to achieve the goal exactly as we've described it. In this example, someone might say to me, oh, but what happens if it's not a sunny day or all my friends and family don't say exactly those words? Does that mean I haven't achieved my goal? This is a great question because it is true that our goals do need to be self-initiated and self-maintained, which obviously something like the weather is not. Perhaps a more powerful way to approach it is to ask yourself the question, if it was a rainy day, would that mean I had failed? And if the answer is no, then you're good to go. The point of doing the sensory-specific details is to create for yourself the reality of achieving your goal. The main point of doing this is to get your unconscious mind enrolled in the project to help you reach your goal. Oh, and in the next episode, we'll talk about a great strategy of having more than one way to actually get there. So that's something you can look forward to. Okay. So the main point is there's lots of very cool ways we can imagine ourselves achieving our goals and any combination of them will work. Focusing on or worrying about something that might not happen or fretting about whether this particular set of circumstances occurs is just a really common success avoidance strategy. 
where we throw unnecessary obstacles in our own way. At this step, all we're doing is imagining and describing our goal in the most vivid, exciting, sensory-based language and or vision board and or symbols we can come up with as we create and bring our unconscious mind into alignment with the goal we've decided we want to have. Right, now we have created a sensory-based description of us achieving our goal and we have a clear picture of our desired outcome. We can then work backwards from our outcome to lay out the steps from there all the way back to the present situation. Again, my coaching experience tells me this is where a lot of clients find the process a bit of a mind bender, but it is loads of fun. It's a bit different for most people because we're so used to thinking in a linear time, that is in terms of time moving from the present to the future. So it can take a bit of practice to flip it and do it the other way around. But it is a really powerful strategy because unless you know where you're ultimately going, how can you know how to get there? And that applies for each of the steps. So we ask ourselves, when I picture myself achieving my goal, what do I need to have and do immediately before then so that I have achieved the goal? And we keep asking this question step by step, working backwards towards the present, continuously asking, and immediately before that, what would I need to have and to do? If you've already worked through the keys to an achievable outcome covered in the earlier podcasts, you may have already identified in a sensory specific way the first steps required to move you towards your goal. In the well-formedness conditions, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the end, the successful outcome, and work back towards the present. In education, when teachers design a curriculum, this strategy is called backwards by design. They begin by identifying the key knowledge and skills they want their students to learn, then work out how they'll assess the learning so they can confirm that they've succeeded in teaching it, and then they build backwards from there to the beginning. Makes sense, doesn't it? With goals, it's the same process. We want to know in sensory-based detail what the goal will look like, sound like, feel like, and only when we have that information can we accurately work out the steps required to get us there. Then we can use the backwards design process to identify each of the steps we've taken, then the one before that, and the one before that, which means by the end of the process, we have a deep clarity on the journey we're about to embark on. So let's take the comfortably fitting into size 10 jeans goals we've been talking about as an example. We've already got a pretty clear picture of what the goal looks like, sounds like, feels like when we've reached it. So now we ask ourselves, what did I need to have and do immediately before that? Well, it might be that I just completed a six-month training program working with a personal trainer for 45 minutes three times each week. Or I might have just completed the challenge of riding 120 kilometers in a day. Or I could have completed my first half marathon. We're identifying what was the culmination of the work that we put in to achieve our goal. And then we ask ourselves again, What did I need to have and do just before that? So if I've just completed a 100-kilometre bike ride, 
Just before I did that, I must have prepared all the right gear for the day, like my water bottles and gel and food, made sure my tyres are pumped up, all of those things. And just before that, I might have got my bike serviced, and so on. And I would have completed a training program, let's say a 12-week cycling program, that ended with the final training ride being 80 kilometres eight days before the event. And I'd continue to work backwards from there, filling in all the components of the training program as I went all the way back to the beginning. Now, depending on what was my present state when I first set this goal to fit into the size 10 jeans on my birthday, it may be that I continue to ask myself, and before that, and before that, maybe all the way back to when I first went into the shop and bought my bike. Okay, so let's say we have a sensory-based description of our goal written down as if now. So it's written in the present tense. And we've written out all the steps we needed to get from our present situation to our goal, also written out with sensory-specific detail on each step. This means we're now in a position similar to Kathy Freeman before the Sydney Olympics. Our unconscious mind says, beautiful, I know what I've got to do and I know how to get from here to there. And armed with that certainty, off we go. Applying the well-formedness conditions to build that certainty into our goal and the steps on the way means that our outcome is so real. It is already ours and all we're doing is following the plan and waiting for time to catch up. Join me in the next episode when we'll delve into the fourth and fifth steps of the well-formedness conditions. Checking our goal is ecological and confirming we have more than one way to get there. Let's continue the work we've done so far on building a truly successful life as we complete the final checks on the structure and formation of our goals. Stay awesome, and I look forward to connecting with you in our next episode. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas, or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.